This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Let us go to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Going to be a little lengthy in your hearing today. But it's very important that I get this word to you. Proverbs 31, amen. We're going to begin reading at the 10th verse, and we're going to conclude at verse 31. Amen? Y'all praying, right? Praise the Lord. The reading of God's word. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her husband and a portion to her handmaids. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings and tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and sell it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. This is a good scripture here. And eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Divine Father, our Lord, Savior, Master and King, we come, God, to say thank you. 
thank you for another day in which you've made. We rejoice and we are so glad to be in it. We thank you, God, for your mercy and grace upon us on today. And we pray, oh God, that you would just anoint these words. As they come across this pulpit, I pray, oh God, that it finds someone at their need, at their point, oh God, of needing to hear a word from you. God, that you will open up every ear, every heart to receive now. Avail us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, to receive what you have for us on today including myself, oh God, I pray, oh God, that you would anoint me, anoint me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, God, anoint my tongue, anoint my lips, anoint, oh God, to speak your word, oh God, truthfully and divinely, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I don't take this moment for granted, oh God. I take it as an honor and a privilege, and I thank you. I thank you, oh God, for what you've given me for your people today. And I pray, oh God, that they receive every bit of it, oh God, that it would bless them and bless their household as well. I pray, oh God, that you would do a supernatural thing today. That God, that this word will be a life-changing word. That it would reshape our minds to think the way that you would have us to think. To do the things that you would have us to do. Oh God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you and we adore you today. For it shall be done and victory shall be yours. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. And praise the Lord. Just want to talk to you for a few moments from the sermon topic entitled, A Woman's Worth. A Woman's Worth. Thank you, I'm gonna try my best. When I would hear about the Proverbs scripture, immediately my mind would go to the only verse that I would hear quoted all the time, and that's verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? Am I by myself? Y'all could talk back to me today, that's all right. I like a talk to me church. But after being given the assignment to preach on this particular Mother's Day, I figured that I would just dive a little deeper to get all of its meaning and its content. So I hope um, during or by the time the end of this message, you will see Proverbs 31 that it is a blueprint to um, wives to attain. The core of this woman's life is her husband, his care, and his sustenance, which flows to her children and to her household. But none of this can be done without the fear of of the Lord. There are many places in the Bible that talk about marriage, but I believe these verses admonish us as women to marry a man who is a leader, one who has power in his own right. He knows how to take control or he has influence, but he should also be someone who loves the Lord. Amen. The Proverbs 31 woman is an example for women to aspire to. Some men are uh, or should be very strategic when finding a Proverbs 31 woman or wife. Looking for a woman that looks good, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what characteristics do they possess? 
last characteristics of a wife? When they open up their mouth, what are they saying? What morals do they have? Is it just beauty and no brains? Where are the men at in the building today? Can you just lift your hands? I just want to see my brothers. He got two hands up. All right, bro. You can disagree with me if you want. But if you're looking for a wife, is it just about looks or is it also about how she can turn your house into a home? Just, just. What does she bring to the table? Can she cook? Can she clean? Is she nurturing? Will she be compassionate and caring for your needs? Is she self-sufficient? Is she a teacher? Is she strong? Wait, wait. Does she love God? What is her merchandise? What makes her a wife? Does she already possess wife material? Or do you feel you got to shape her into a wife? When I was growing up, I would always imagine myself as a good wife. I, I just It's just something... You know, I, when my by myself, when y'all were a little girl, did y'all say, oh, I'm going to be a wife one day. I'm going to have me a husband. You know, when I was younger, I said, I dreamed of what life would be as a married woman. I, I, but, you know, and when I was growing up, I had Mrs. Beaver, Cleaver, and all of them to look at on TV. You know, back in the 60s, you know, that, that's what I saw as, you know, the wife, you know, I, that's, you know, that's all I had, you know. But I, but I took what I learned, amen, and tried to mold it into what I thought I needed to be as a woman. I used to go so far as dr um, drawing pictures of what my house, my house would look like. I would draw these pictures and I would have my little fence. And the one thing I knew how to do was flowers, you know, with the stem, and you put the circle in the middle, and you, you know, you do, y'all, 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 so I got some people with me, y'all with me, and I, and I would, I would do all of this, and I would dream about my house, and until marriage became my reality, I became an independent woman. I had my own place, I had my own car, I even had my own first child at the age of 21. And I raised him all by myself, by myself, amen. I figured I better learn how to take care of myself and my child. I figured what better time to learn responsibilities and get some good qualities under my belt is by raising my child and myself. I figured it's time to take what I've learned by watching my parents on TV and on TV and apply them to my own life. Alonzo wasn't going to raise himself. I couldn't just expect him to do that by himself. My parents loved me, but they didn't have this baby. So they weren't going to raise him. I needed to live. I needed to pay bills. I needed to be responsible. I could fix things around the house. And I got that from my daddy. I know how to fix a flat tire. I know how to put some oil in my car. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can I help you ladies? I knew how to do all of that. I knew how to cook. I knew how to clean. I knew how to do all of that. I knew how to bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. Y'all ain't. I was good at it. And I was comfortable doing it. 
And let me tell you this, anytime a man came into my life, let me, I'm a really, you know, y'all know I'm a transparent preacher, right? Any man that came into my life that I didn't think would fit my flow that I was in, if he acted out of character, he had to go. I broke it off. Say off. I broke it off. I just... You know, y'all bishop likes to talk, tell that story about nobody ever broke up with her. Nobody ever broke up with her. I was the first one to break up with her. Yeah, that's true. It's true. He, he, he gave me a run for my money. He gave me a run. Hallelujah. And I'm glad I stopped running. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, hallelujah. <laughs> I would break it off because I didn't feel that that relationship was going anywhere. It wasn't going where I needed to go. And if it didn't seem like it was heading to a strong relationship that would lead to a healthy marriage, I was out. I was out. If I had a problem, if they had a problem with my son, if they had a problem with me going to church, I was out. If he had a problem with my son and, and, and how I was raising him, I was out. I took every experience that I went through because all the while I was still molding my mind and my ways to be a good future wife and a mother with a relationship with God. I had great examples in my life, my parents in particular. I watched how my mother would work and come home and cook. And how I never really ever heard the yelling between my parents, never, never. My sisters and I, you know, we were taken care of. The house was clean, and every chance, everybody had their own chore in the house, even though we didn't think our chores were fair. It seemed like we were doing more than the other one. But, but we all had our own chores in the house, and um, Daddy never complained about how my mother was a bad mother or a bad wife. He never complained. Uh, at least I never heard it. I never heard that arguing. I never heard that. And I didn't feel like I was in a bad home. As a matter of fact, when my mother was away on business trips, because I thank God, y'all may know the story, my mother was the first black woman business representative for Local 1500. This is Local 1500 was a retail clerks union. She was the first one. I thought she was a lawyer. I personally thought she was a lawyer because what she would do is she would go and um, if you were... Um, a in the union and you got fired um, when you shouldn't have gotten fired she'd go in and represent you but she would walk with this briefcase and all going in and I'm told she would go in the Pathmark and Key Food like she was a lawyer she said okay now let's go in the office and talk about why you fired so and so and the next minute you know that person got their job back you know what I'm saying you know so, so, so I, I, I understood so she would have to go on trips she would have to go um, to Albany and Washington, D.C. on business trips, and she would go there. And, but, but while she was away on business trips, my father was home, and he would braid my hair for school. My daddy braided my hair. He would do that. I honestly believe my father understood that he wouldn't be who he was had it not been from my mother. I believe I shared this story before also. My mother lived in Bennettsville, South Carolina. That's where she lived. At the age of 16, my mother left Bennettsville, North Carolina to come to New York to live with her godmother. But at the time, she had already met my father 
But he stayed there in Clio, South Carolina. He stayed in Clio, South Carolina. But when my mother came here, I guess he figured, she ain't leaving me. So what my father did, he ended up coming to New York. And one day, one rainy day, I love listening to the story. We, we still talk about the story. One rainy day, as she looked out the window, she saw my father. She's like, what is he doing here? But he only came because he was following her. Child, honey. And so they got back together, but until she was 20 years old, when she turned 20 years old, that's when they got married in 1947. And they remained married for 50 years. Holland, they pushed each other, not being in competition with each other, but wanting each other to be great. I took what I saw, and I learned how to take care of my own house. I figured there was a pretty good chance that I could do what they did. I always told myself, self, you're going to be a good wife because you had good examples of a good home. Oh, I wanted to do those things I saw my mama do, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. And when my husband found me over 22 years ago, thank you, Jesus, I was already wife material. I, I, you know, I'm really not trying to brag, but it, it's a process. I was wife material, and he was a smart man. Y'all, y'all quiet. You smart, Bishop. You smart. And you got good eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When he looked at me, he saw what he lacked in the physical. But in conversation and spending time together, he saw what he needed. He had a relationship with God, and he couldn't just place anyone in that role to spend the rest of his life with. Trust me, while my husband was looking, he knew that whoever he found had to love God just as much as he did. Yes, this union is about love, but it's also about the love for God. We love each other, but we love God first. So, so, so when I read this chapter of Proverbs, I immediately wanted to ask the ladies who are here today, how much like this woman are you? Have you ever really taken the time to read this whole chapter and not just the verse that are quoted so often? When you look at this book, we find that it is written to a young man to guide him in his choice of choosing a godly woman. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. wisdom. Verses 1 through 9. King Lemuel's mother is telling him who he needs to be. And verses 10 through 31 talks about the woman he needs to find. Y'all need to read it. The first nine verses are describing who the man needs before he even goes looking for a wife. 
You've got to know men who you need to be first before you trying to bring somebody into your world. Who are you? What goods do you have? What characteristics do you have? Are you bringing her into a messed up, jacked up situation because you messed up and jacked up? You got to get yourself together before you bring somebody else into it. And so she asks with the understanding that if her son is going to succeed, he's going to have to find a good, godly woman. Lemuel's mother writes a checklist for her son as to what a virtuous woman is to look like. And she realizes the only way up in life is to marry up. So I guess it's safe to say that Proverbs 31 is a description of the ideal godly woman or wife. So let's go here. Lemuel's mother is giving him advice. She tells him things like, don't go chasing after women. You don't go chasing after a woman. Don't go looking to get under her skirt of a promiscuous woman. So in other words, just because they're quick to give it to you don't mean she's your wife. Am I... Am, Y'all better close the ears of the children's because y'all bought your babies today. You got to sow some sexual strength. Don't go testing the waters. See, nowadays, everybody thinks it is good to go shack up first and test the waters to see if they're going to be a good wife or a good husband. Oh. Hmm. There is a lot through conversation that you can learn about an individual before you go under the sheets. Let me let me go quickly here because I might I, I feel like I'm about to dab into something that I that I'm trying to get through this here. I, I'm I'm trying. It, I'm, I'm not talking about y'all millennials. I'm not, because we got generation millennials, we got generation X, Y, and Z, and W, and X, and all of that. And, you know, and, and so our morals that we had when we were growing up, they're no longer. We don't court anymore. We don't take the time to get to know an individual. You know, some of the signs of a person being crazy, you really see that. But because you think they look good, and you think they may be a good fit for you, you ignore the signs. Oh, God, have mercy. That's not even in my text. Let me move. She even warns of the danger of alcohol. God, have mercy. And going to the lounge. And going to the bar. And going to the club. And that he should be a compassionate leader. Sidebar for the singles. When it comes to dating, it boils down to you being the right person before you go looking for the right person or expect the right person to find you. You need to work on yourself first. And when he finds you, he'll find a good woman. And guess what? You'll get a good man. 
Look at your neighbor real quick behind your mask. Tell them it takes work. I just want some married women to help me say it takes work. Married women, help me say it takes work. It takes work. It takes work. Listen, women. Listen, 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 listen. We don't wake up as the perfect wife. It takes some work. And it takes not just settling for the first one that comes along showing you some attention. Just because you've been single for a long time, just because Mr. Nice Looking Guy come smelling good and saying all the right things don't mean he the one. Because remember we had that drew that house and that picket fence and all of that stuff. We also had an image in our mind what our man would look like and what kind of man. Tall, dark, and handsome. That's, I don't know where that phrase came from. But some of y'all are tall and light-skinned. Some of y'all are plump and, and, and y'all still good husbands. But everybody talking about tall, dark, handsome, skinny, got a good job. But yeah, got your whole, whole image about what he supposed to look like. And that's not even who you married. You dab with the nice, tall, dark, and handsome, and he beats you. He cussed you out. He abused you. He didn't treat you right. If he didn't think about your birthday, no anniversary, no nothing. He did everything he had to do to get you. And once he got you, somebody say it takes work. Takes work. Takes work. Because sometimes that attention just wears off. Just want you to know. It takes some self-examination on your part. It takes you being happy with who you are. God, let me put my hand in my pocket. You can't want to be married for some of the things you get to do in marriage and not be in there for the all of it. You got to be in there for the all of it. For they say for in sickness and in health. Somebody gets sick and you running out the door. You can't handle it. Man, one time I was so sick. I was thrown. I, I don't want to get y'all sick. I don't want to get y'all. It was everywhere. I was sick everywhere. Just put it that way. My husband had to clean me up from head to toe. That's a good man. You got to get one of those. To know how to clean you up. Come on, wipe your snot. Come on here. Help you around the house. Oh, God, have mercy. I, I'm trying. You cannot be single and be married at the same time. You can't want to be married but still do the things of a single life. Single, single. Life. No, you can't be single and married. I understand you still got your girlfriends and y'all want to hang out. I have friends. I have friends that I've been friends with over 40 years. And every so often we go out. My husband's good with that. But every weekend I'm not hanging out with my girls. Every weekend he ain't hanging out with his boys. You married now. You come home. 
Love should have brought you home last night. And you can't be single and be a good wife. Selfish and be a good wife and husband. Selfishness don't work in a family house. It don't work. Being selfish, that's dangerous. Uh-uh, it's dangerous. You can't be controlling and want things your way all the time and expect to be happy. I'm trying to help you. I know some of y'all saying, am I really going to get married or not? Proverbs 31 speaks to all of us, but especially to those who want to be virtuous, godly women. What am I saying? Whoever finds you has to understand they're getting a good thing. There's a price that they got to pay. There's a cost to have you. Oh, y'all better, better be proud and happy. There is a cost to have you. You are, somebody say, a jewel. And your price is far above rubies. There can't be a value put on me. When they find you, they will see you are a rare find. That nobody can have you but them. Oh, God have mercy. When he finds you, he finds a treasure. Somebody said he hit the jackpot. Triple seven, baby, triple seven. Not the cherries, triple seven, baby. This woman described here is virtuous in character. In other words, she has excellent character. She's competent and she's capable. Yes, there are other virtuous women, but she excels past them all. There's strength in her character. She does her husband good and not evil all the days of his life. She's a worker. Oh, Lord. She's a worker. She doesn't mind getting her hands dirty. And she uses her hands to work. And guess what? She's okay with that. She's not complaining that she got to work. Her desire is to bless her family. Oh God, I'm going to lose some of y'all. She gets up early getting breakfast ready. Hello, wall. She gets up early getting breakfast ready. When she rises, she has a mind to work and she gets her day started. That means that she doesn't stay in bed till 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. See, let me tell y'all, y'all scaring me. Let me tell y'all why y'all scaring me. Because I can see the people in my generation and the other mothers clapping, but some of y'all ain't clapping. Y'all must be mad. Y'all must be mad at me. She gets up early. Y'all don't like this. I hear what you're saying behind those masks. Why well, I got to get up early? Why can't he get up early? Well, if you marry a man that's worth it, you won't mind. 
Oh, I know I said something. Let me tell y'all. Let me help y'all. Y'all ain't got to say nothing back to me. I know I'm preaching today. I know I'm preaching right. If you marry a man that's worthy, you won't mind. As a matter of fact, you'd forget the fact that you used to stay in bed all day. A good man will have you do things you probably thought you'd never do. Hey, yes, brother, I know this. You look happy. And I know your wife's an early brother because we talk at 6 a.m. in the morning. Hallelujah. I finally find, I, let me tell you, I get up early. I do. I get up very early in the morning. I really don't need an alarm clock. That's just my nature. That's just how I was brought up. I guess it's just, it's just followed me. I get up early in the morning, but I find I'm, I'm more productive early in the morning. I could go shopping and, do, and clean and do whatever while my husband sleeps. I'm not talking about turning on a vacuum cleaner, all that, but like I can wipe down my kitchen and clean my bathroom. I can read, I can sit up, I can do those things in my house early in the morning. I'm more productive in the morning. You know, we have 24 hours of the day and we always say we don't have enough time. What are you doing with your time? Oh my God, I'm more productive, yes, amen. And I'd rather be productive in the morning because when everyone else is up, it stops my progression. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that it stops it, you know, in a bad way, but now my mind is I got to concentrate on them and their needs. Okay. This woman, she loves helping people. She loves helping people and not herself. She's personable. She's touchable. And to those especially who are poor. Verse 21 says this. Y'all go with me. Verse 21. She's not afraid of snow. Did y'all, when I read that, did y'all say, what in the world? When I read, did you, I, I had to, I had to, Mother Nancy, I had to, I was like, she's not afraid of snow. Why in the world is that in here? But when I really read it and, and really kind of dived to it, into it, it says, she knows snow is coming and she thinks ahead. In other words, when fall is coming, she's already thinking of winter. When she's in the fall, she's thinking of winter. When she's in the spring, she's thinking of summer. When she's in the summer, she's thinking of fall. She's thinking ahead. Some of that, that's forward thinking. She knows what she's going to do tomorrow before it comes. She doesn't plan her day the day of. She's not afraid of the future. God, have mercy. I hope y'all taking notes. I hope y'all taking notes. Because I'm going to help you find, I'm going to help that man find you. If you're taking notes, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Trying to help you. Trying to help you. Just when you think men don't talk and gossip, let's look at verse 23. When it says, her husband is known at the gates. Why in the world do you think her husband is known at the gates? Because the movers and shakers, they meet at the city gates, right? That's where they do business. A 
And that's where the talk of the town is about who he's married to and how good he got it. So at the gates, they're talking about him, but they're telling him, brother, you got it going on. She look good and she taking care, and you look like you look good too. You look like you being well taken care of, bro. They talking at the gates. They talking about how good he got it. Ladies, men, the men are talking. What are they saying about you at the gate? What are they saying about you? How do they look? How are they represented when they go to the gate to do their business? This is why her husband is known at the gate. And so when they speak of her husband, they speak well of him because she makes him look good. When they see the two of them together, they see how she adds to his happiness. And there's happiness in his home. Come on, smile if you're happy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I saw you clapping, ref. You clap. That was a loud clap, ref. Do it again. Yeah. Clapping is happy. Happy at the gate. So when they speak of a husband, they speak well of him. May I add, when they are together, they don't see either of them as the weaker party. So in other words, when they're together, they look powerful together. She don't look weak, and he don't look weak. Together, they look strong. Look at them all pretty on the front row looking all strong here. Together, they look strong. None of them are weak. She doesn't look abused, nor does he. She looks healthy, and so does he. The kids don't look neglected, and when they go to church, they show up together. together she directs her energy her strength her qualities to her husband and her family she enhances his reputation ladies you got to be the woman that enhances him he couldn't be who he is right now without you oh god y'all don't want to take ownership on that take ownership on it take ownership on it he couldn't be what he could be without you. You got to know your worth. You are, what I said, the jackpot. You enrich his life emotionally, spiritually, financially, and physically. You've got to be his cheerleader, his helper, and guess what? His advisor. Okay. Genesis 2 and 18 says this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him what? A help meet. You're the one that's going to help him meet every obligation. You're the one that's going to help him excel. Remember, he's not in this by himself. The man that found you wants to make sure you're good too. You got to hope that he makes sure you're good too. We're in this together. You got to be okay too. And when we see verse 28, 25, it describes her. It says, she puts on strength 
honor. When she gets dressed, she puts on what? Strength and honor. Say it with me. She wears strength and honors. Ladies, you can be strong. Because all men are not intimidated by strong women. They're not. They, all of them are not intimidated by strong women. But what you do with or how you use that strength can be a problem. Come on. How you use that strength. You don't talk over him. You don't try. Let me tell you something. The worst thing you can do is say something to put a man's up against a wall. You can't say all any kind of things, especially in public, and put him up against the wall. Because when he feels like his back is up against the wall, he may come out not fighting fair. Because sometimes they got to say whatever is necessary to get their back off that wall. And when they get their back off that wall, they're going to step to you. Oh, God have mercy. I'm just helping you. I'm, I'm trying to help you. This woman, she's very powerful, she's capable, and she's a strong woman. She doesn't try to wear the pants in the family. She's confident with being, she's confident with him being the man. She knows who she married. She trusts him. Why? Because he's, he too isn't controlling. And when he does speak, he trusts what she says without worrying about her decision. Okay. I said when she does speak, he trusts what she says without worrying about her decisions. He knows who he married and what she says, she's going to say it the right way. He trusts what he, she says and he knows she also has his best interests at heart. He knows she considers him when she makes decisions. She's beauty, but she also has brains. Her husband doesn't only want to look at her, he wants to listen to her. God, I know I said something. I'm going to see lie right there. He don't want to just look at her. He wants to have a conversation with her. Intellectual conversation. He wants to hear what she has to say. He wants to know that she has his back. She want, he wants to know that she brings something to the table. Because when she opens up her mouth, there's wisdom and there's kindness. When she opens up her mouth, she says something worth listening to. When she opens up her mouth, she says something worth following. Not only that, when she says it, she says it nicely. Oh, my God. No one likes a nasty-talking woman. There's nothing worse than to see a beautiful woman, and when she opens up her mouth, there are words and a tone that is damaging. Maybe what you said, you needed to say it, but did you have to say it that way? Do you realize there are hard things that may need to be said, but how you say it can make a difference in how easier it is received. 
What do you look like when you talk? Ask your neighbor, are you worth it? I'm moving quickly to my seat. This woman doesn't get overwhelmed because she has order of her time. It says that she rejoices in time to come. In other words, she doesn't let time pile up. Oh, God, I'm about to say something. I just want to ask somebody some, something real quick. Just want to ask you something. And I, I, again, I want to help you know that you're worth it. Uh, hmm. But how is it that you never have time to clean your house? I'm sorry, y'all, they, they quiet. How is it that you ain't got time to wash your clothes? Why in the world do you have three months worth of clothes lined up in the corner? Why do you have to go buy undergarments because you ain't washed yours? Now, I'm not just talking about the women. Because, man, if you buy yourself, you got to wash your own clothes. No woman want a nasty man. Because the truth is, when you don't wash your clothes, they don't smell too good. I'm trying to help. See, I'm trying to help. You know I'm trying to help, right? Y'all with me? You need to take your clothes to the cleaners. Schedule out your time. Why can't you go get your nails and your hair done? Why can't you get a haircut? Why can't Wednesdays be your day to go get your nails done? And why can't the next Wednesday be your day to get your hair done? Why can't you alternate time? Why can't you have time by your, for yourself and you by yourself? Just, I just, I don't, maybe somebody can help me. After it's over, y'all come to me, blink if I'm talking to you and you want to have a conversation, maybe you can help me. But there was a, there was a method to my madness. You know, even as a single mother, on Wednesdays, I would go across the street to the laundry and my son would go across the street to the barbershop. And Wednesdays was pizza night. I didn't cook Wednesday. So after he finished getting his hair cut, he helped me with the clothes. We go get pizza and go home. Just a method. I had worked a nine to five. There's a method. I had got up early that morning and put my clothes for the laundry together. So when I got home from work, I went straight to the laundry. But folks don't have time for nothing nowadays. No time. What are you doing with your time? Somebody said nothing. Okay, so maybe, maybe next Sunday when we resume our discipleship class on discipline, maybe Bishop will help you with your discipline. I just threw him in there, gave him a responsibility to add that into his class. Hallelujah. Verse 28, and I'm taking my seat. I'm going to sit down because y'all going to go and go to your reservations and go to your food and enjoy your Mother's Day. Verse 28, 28, it says, her children rise and call her blessed. 
Why do they call her blessed? Because she takes care of everyone and everything in her house. Her children respect her. She puts the well-being and wealth of her husband and her family before herself. And she always has a mindset that she gets taken care of last. Mmm, Selah. But she finds pleasure in knowing that her family is happy. There's no strife, no discord. They respect everything that she does in the house. He respects her. The children respect her. The house is smelling good. Their clothes are clean. She's thinking about everything. And she takes care of herself last. When she brings joy to her house, it brings joy to her. This isn't a weak woman. This is a, what a mother does. She has invested in her house. She has invested in her children. She has invested in her husband. Everyone is reaping the benefits because of who she is. And on top of all of that, that I said today, what makes you even more special is to know that you are doing it all as a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman who fears the Lord. She looks at her work as a blessing and it's glorifying God. And don't we serve a God who is a worker? Yeah. We are made in the image and the wonder working God. Are you worth it? Don't be lazy. Don't be selfish. Have a foul mouth and don't be spiteful. You need to have good character. Be committed. Be a worker, a capable, submissive, compassionate, wise, committed, classy. Be nice and be kind. Be gifted. Be godly. Be honorable. But most of all, know your worth. Look at a sister and tell them, work your worth. But most of all, work hard to be a woman who honors God. If you don't hear anything else I say today, work hard to be a woman that honors God. Remember that you are worthy of God's grace. So before I take my seat, I want to tell you to be truthful, be faithful, and love others. Be good to others and pray for others. You have to have to be, you have to, you don't have to be perfect or try to live with impossible standards but you gotta live with purpose of course there's problems of course they're gonna be tears of course they're gonna be challenges but you will overcome them all with the power of God you gotta serve God with all your heart your mind and your soul so what makes a woman worth it? Let's define worth. The word worth means good or important. Enough to justify having value of or equal in value to as money, excellence in character, or quality as commanding esteem. Lastly, it means usefulness or important as to the world to a person or for a purpose when something is worth value it is treasured and it is treated as a treasure it has been deemed valuable so if you're worth anything you have been deemed as valuable so then it matters who values you it's 
stones or a family heirloom. Everybody may not value it, but to someone it is valuable. So I come to tell each of you on this Sunday morning that everyone may not value you, but it doesn't matter who does. And God thinks that you are to die for. He gave his only son just for you. So certainly God thinks that you are valuable. Honestly speaking, if he thinks you are valuable or worth the death of his son, then he really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I encourage you to not seek validation, approval, or affirmation from anybody because you won't get it. But the one that matters most is the one you should look to please. You are high value and are worth more than rubies. That's not just an opinion of someone. That is that God thought towards you. So what then makes this woman of Proverbs 31 so valuable? What makes her worth being discussed and noted in the word of God? The answer has been given in verse 30. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. This woman, she fears the Lord. Her fear of the Lord increases her value. Her fear of the Lord makes her worthy. Her fear of the Lord brings her to a place of notoriety. woman in this room and online today when you fear God when you fear God when you fear God you immediately increase your worth you increase your value Proverbs 9 and 10 it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning Your mother's day with your family. 
marriages when they fear the Lord and put Lord the Lord first you're gonna find that they're successful in relationship fear the Lord fear the Lord man will fail you don't fear man fear the Lord fear the Lord when you fear the Lord you will discover your worth when you fear the Lord, you will discover your strength, your joy, your peace. When you fear the Lord. Somebody say, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to know your worth. You got to know your worth. You got to know that you're worth something. That you are valuable. When they just... When the Bible, when Proverbs describes you, he said her price is far above rubies. Rubies are expensive. In other words, if you can afford her, ah, you can't have her. She got to be out of your reach. But you got to show her you're worth it. So she should submit and be committed to you. God have mercy. That's all I wanted to share with you today. I pray you were blessed. Women, I want you to know your worth. Some of y'all saying, I'm not going to do all that because it entails too much. 
That's fine. Because you know what? Marriage isn't for everybody. It's not. You may not have had the dream that I had when I grow up. I'm going to have me a good husband, good children, beautiful house, and all of that. Maybe you didn't have that dream. I had that dream. And I'm so glad I pursued my dream. So glad. I wouldn't be as happy as I am. I'm a, like a pig and slop. And guess what? Guess what? Mama Lula, I was 32 years old before he found me. So maybe God was shaping me for those 32 years. I thought I was ready. Maybe I wasn't. But I take pride in taking care of my home. My children, my husband mean the world to me. The world. I'll do anything for them. Because they make me a proud mama. So listen, know your worth. If you gotta work on you, work on you. Because right now, God is working on him. Maybe simultaneously, y'all will meet in the middle. Work the middle. Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this word. We pray, God, that it's done what it's set out to do. And your people were blessed. We thank you, God, for the outcome in advance. We thank you, God, for shaping and molding the minds of the women as well as the men. We thank you even for marriages being restored, marriages even revisiting the word of God and coming together to create such a union where he will be spoken well of at the gates and she will speak highly of him, that there will not be one weaker than the other, that they will be strong together shape every woman in this room shape every man in this room give them their life's request in the name of jesus we thank you god that we will fear you like no other that we will make you proud that we will are your children and that you are our father in the name of jesus we glorify you and we thank you in jesus mighty and matchless name we say amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Hallelujah. You can have your seats. Amen. Y'all know I'm the transparent preacher. I get it all out there. <laughs> I get it all out there. I think, I think we're going to have to put together a little women's, little intimate group. Because I know, I know, I know y'all have some very intimate questions that you have. And I may not know everything, but I do know something. I think, I think Bishop is happy. I think he's happy. Amen. And I, and I, and I pride myself on making sure of that. Amen. So I have something, I have some type of experience that I can bring to the table. So let's get it together and we'll pull something together and we talk gonna join us, right? Y'all gonna join us? We're gonna connect, we connect. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're not saved today, 
and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you have not confessed Jesus as your Lord, I want you to give your life to Jesus today. Today is Mother's Day, and what we find on Mother's Day, a lot of people come to church that may have never come before. May have gotten an invitation to come and just be in fellowship with your family today. With these lights, I can't really see everything and everybody. But amen. If you're saved today, if you're not saved, rather, and you want to give your life to Jesus, can you just raise your hand if there's one? Amen. Online, if there's one, if you want to give your life to Jesus, we want you to come. We want you to come. Text saved. Text saved in your chat. You can say text saved in there. You can even go further and text saved to 40691. Text saved to 40691. And we will make sure that we reach out to you. There's someone that will reach out to you to pray with you and lead you into salvation. I want everybody that's on this line today and everyone in the sanctuary, if you can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins of omission and commission. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and he's coming back just for me. I don't belong to the devil. I belong to God. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Come on, clap your hands real good. If you're excited about being saved, can you clap your hands like you're excited that you belong to the Master and King? Can you clap your hands today? Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.